Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Well, welcome in, everybody. It is normal showtime, uh, Tuesday morning, and we're going to be coming at you live Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays going forward here, but it is Tuesday uh Dog's itching himself in the kennel, of course. Uh, October 26th at uh, 7.30 o'clock Mountain Time, which means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. And I am Nick Kendall and always, as always, joined by Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. I've got uh, got some soccer going today, some baseball going later, some Broncos for Breakfast right now. I mean, it's time. it could be better. It's, it's a good day. Uh, it is a good day. We've been being hit by that bomb cyclone here in the Pacific Northwest. I think you guys probably saw that last night on that game. If you uh, unfortunately subjected yourself to that Saints Seahawks game, uh, thank God for the Manning cast, I guess. Uh, other than that, it was a pretty boring game, but it's okay. Um, we got Sue, uh, Sunny Days coming in here saying, Hope everyone is well with their coffee. Uh, make sure you guys are getting your Broncos for Breakfast coffee mug here. Um, I got mindful and I got my reserve cup here, which is good as well. Got to get multiple cups in. Um, EJ's in the house too. Guten morning, Nick and or Guten Morgan, Nick and Scott in Broncos country beat Washington football team. Uh, EJ also says, let's cheer on the Broncos. They need as many Broncos fans in the stadium to beat Washington football team. Let's go Broncos. Love the positivity there. EJ. Good to see you. Uh, we got Jeremy in the house saying good morning peeps. Mo Ron is also here. Thanks for not sending the notification notification again, YouTube. That's probably the schedule thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm trying Mo. We'll get him going. I'll, I'll get him. I'll get him straight. Braun looks sleepy, says Muhammad. It was that game last night. It still got me out. No, the coffee is just starting to kick. Good morning. Good to see you, Muhammad. Lawrence Rivera is in the house. Morning, guys. Mo's also saying morning all. Miguel's in the house. Good morning, fellas. I got my wish by trading for a linebacker. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, Clee's in the house. Uh, we got Linda from Fort Collins. Beautiful, lovely Fort Collins. Love Fort Collins. Uh, Clee saying guten ebend. I don't know what that means. Hopefully, I didn't say a cuss word in German. This is there. running Google Translate at this point. <laughs> uh, I am I am German, but uh, do not know the native tongue. Greg Smith is in the house. Aloha to you, Greg. Uh, Nick is in here, maybe with some stars. Nick Lugin. Yeah, appreciate the in. stars, Nick. Yeah, thank you so much. Rocking out there with the, the sunglasses pick. Good to see. Tommy Simmers. Hey, they, they start on time. We typically start on time, Tommy. I don't know what, that, what that's about. Um, I don't think that's about us. Yeah, well, <laughs> we I try really hard to start on time. Uh, somebody says it's really important to train your audience so they know when you go live. Um, but, uh, you know, that's I took that one to heart. Um, Corey well, Johnson. Some people have also, you know, if you're 15 minutes late every time, they're trained. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. Consistently and consistently. You know, start, start on time every time. Or they start at the same time every time. That's that's training as well, right? Yeah, that's 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 very true. Uh, Corey Johnson, good morning. I'm going with Earl Grey tea this morning. Corey, uh, maybe getting rid of those jitters. Um, we got Chase Beagle saying Chase Young would like to order a Broncos for lunch mug. Um, I'm I'm worried about Chase Young. I'm honestly more worried about Jonathan Allen and the Broncos interior offensive line. But we'll have a chance to get to that. Colby's in the house. Morning, guys. Really glad for the double down on Broncos for breakfast. Well, we'll triple down on Thursday. It's good to have you, Colby. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Yeah, Keith in here. Fangio survives another week. He might survive the rest of the season, um, but it is what it is. 
um a bend is night um evening so uh not yeah guten nacht i know that i kind of knock music right i knew that one uh for you mozart fans out there muhammad coming in ten dollars big yeah mo coming in he was over on facebook now he's over here on youtube rocking the pick with malik ten dollars with the hearts there we love you buddy uh good to see you in here muhammad as always yeah we appreciate the support for sure Dave coming in here. He's saying he's late. That's okay, Dave. We love you. Uh, Michael, always super supportive in here. One of our biggest supporters. We love you, Michael. Yeah, appreciate uh, the stars, Michael. And uh, like I said last night as we were coming off, you you came in big and someone else came in real big right towards the end. And I think when we fresh the the stars rankings tonight, you're you're gonna you're gonna move up with uh with with all this stuff. I know well that you know you you always tell us, hey, we're gonna take your time. Listen, you do you, man. It's okay. We appreciate <laughs> the support. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. Tick Pick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, good morning from Jamel. Of course, uh, we got Cobra Commander in here. Hello, we get. Um, so we're, man, we're really digging. <laughs> we're going international. It must be all the football talk. Probably. And uh, uh, Kyla coming in. Kyla. Coming in. Good morning, Broncos. Done this before. I, I said I wasn't gonna screw it up again. I'm pretty sure. Kyla. Kyla. Yep. Broncos for breakfast while I work. Good morning, y'all. Good morning to you, Kyla. And uh we got the Cobra Commander also saying Broncos for breakfast at 3 p.m. So we're getting our we, when we started this show, we're like, hey, maybe there's some international uh demand out there. And it looks like we're getting it uh today, which is great. Um, guys, you can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at McKendall MHH. While you're there, follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Guys, go to Huddle Up Pod to get your swag on. I'm rocking the, the Broncos for breakfast hat here. We got our coffee mugs, of course, with our names on it, which is, I think, I mean, maybe that's just me, you know, being a, a lame but I think it's cool. Yeah, I think the only on time it. my name's ever been on one is if it said dad. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. I haven't gotten one of those from the dog yet. I'm really disappointed. Um, but Huddle oh, Up Pod. Christmas is coming up. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. Some macaroni art for the fridge, um, but uh, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle or facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Join us there to talk, you know, trade deadline coming up. Talk about what we're uh, going to talk about today and grading the position groups. Um, also, guys, on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing, liking, sh- and sharing, and doing so over at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, head over there, make sure you're checking out Scott's channel as well. He's always got good stuff coming on with the draft coming down the tracks here pretty soon. Um, going to be probably more pertinent to uh, your Bronco fans out there. And I'm dropping the link here in the chat as well. So you guys can just click that any anywhere you see it and it will uh, take you to Scott's channel. And Scott, anything uh, draft related going on there? Or not yet, the not yet, but I, uh, I've started making some contacts. I talked with my Notre Dame guy yesterday. I said, we need to get you on and start talking some Kyle Hamilton among other guys. He mm-hmm. says, and, and as he said, he goes, we might not have the depth 
of players this year, but the the top of the end will be stronger. I'm like, well, the thing with the draft is you really only need one. I yep. said, so you won't believe the juice I got in Buffalo because of Spencer Brown. You know, just as soon as I started talking about Spencer Brown, you know, Buffalo Bills fans were and, and blogs and stuff were interested. It's like, you know, hey, tell us more about this guy. Sure. So it only with the NFL, the NFL is so huge. It only takes a couple guys. And, and Notre Dame's going to have a couple guys, especially one that I think we're going to talk about today. Yeah, for sure. We'll get into it. And Tommy hinting at it here. Kyle is good. Certified good. Um, but yeah, no, let's uh, let's get right into it. I don't see any comments here that uh, bring in anything as far as. A discussion we got Charlie coming in. Good morning to you, Charlie. If management doesn't take action soon, nobody's going to want to talk about the team that continues to use the same formula to lose every week. <sighs> We're going to continue to talk about it, and I want to talk about it. So uh, I wouldn't say nobody, but um, it's it's tough because the Broncos don't have an owner, and the ownership situation is going to be solved like three months after the head coaching situation. So I think they're going to let uh, it just structurally. I think they're going to let Fangio write out the season, regardless of the outcome, unless you have a full blown mutiny in the locker room. And I don't think that is the the case. Maybe they don't, they haven't bought in as much as we'd like, obviously. Uh, but I don't think there's a full blown mutiny in the locker room. So there's definitely a chance that uh, Fangio is going to write out the season, regardless of the record. There's a, there's a phrase I use all the time. And, and some of y'all probably heard it uh, either as I type it to Chad and he says, or you've heard me say it is, is apathy is worse than anger. Mm-hmm. And to get to Charlie's point, he says, nobody's going to want to talk about a team. No one's going to want to turn on the team. You know, people start going skiing or snowboarding or shoveling snow or raking leaves or something rather than I don't want to do I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Um, so you're right. It, it, the apathy is what scares management more than anger. Mm-hmm. And you've got to do something. You've got to show something before it become before anger becomes apathy. We're still at the anger stage right now with the Denver Broncos. Apathy yeah. is scary. Apathy costs you money. Apathy costs you jobs. Yep. Uh, thank you very much for the question, Charlie. We also got Dave coming in with stars over on Facebook. Uh, what would be Fant's trade value? And what do you think about moving him before you have, we have to pay him? Um, Fant's trade value. Uh, Scott, what do you think? You were talking a little bit about a trade value of young offensive players before. I, I think a third rounder, maybe. Um, hmm. He's not too far removed from a first, but he hasn't shown first round value. Um, yeah. I, I think maybe you get a third and you might be able to save a little money. You know, it might end up being, we see some of these moves right now, they're salary cap moves. Uh, You know, I I think Dave, you you repeated the other day uh, something I said, which is, you know, you might have plenty of room under the salary cap, but that money is still somebody's money. Yeah. Uh, That's ownership's money, that's management's money, that's somebody's money that actually has to write a check and go out. And, you know, the Broncos swap sevens and pick up a player. Well, that's not a trade. That's a, we're going to take on this player and take on his salary. That's a, that's a salary move for an expendable player for another team. So, you know, Noah Fant with this, with a, I think you got what, two years of control on him. Uh, The rest of this year. um, And then an option. And then you have the option for the fifth year, but that would, that's before the fourth year. So you have one and a half years left. Right. So there's still, there's still, a good risk in there that you're willing to drop maybe a, maybe a second, but I think the best yeah. you're going to do right now is a third. Yeah. To me, this is a uh, buy low move and uh, something I'm not interested in doing right now. I think Noah Fant is too talented and I'm not there in the locker room, so I can't speak to dynamics there and what's going on. And if he's a problem in that way, then, you know, we have a different conversation. Yeah. His highest value is going to be right now with the Denver Broncos. They're the ones that invested yep. in him. They're the ones that are going to put forth the most into him. Yep. They they have the most to lose if Noah Fant doesn't pan out. 
-hmm. they're the ones that are going to be the highest on Noah fan. Otherwise, you're going to say, all right, we're going to have to just bail and get what we can. And I don't think the Broncos are there yet. No, and he he flashes enough where if he puts it together, um, and it's not like the quarterback position where the erratic play is going to totally tank your season, right? You're looking more for the flashes with a position like that rather than the the valleys. Um, and we see we do see flashes from him. So he's, he's having a rough season, uh, no doubt about that. Um, but I'm not in – if I was in charge here, I'm not looking to get rid of young – uh, upside talent at skill position, especially when you invested in a first round pick in that you've already paid the, the signing bonus to, right? Um, mm-hmm. So he's going to have a decent dead cap hit. Uh, this is, it's, it's totally selling low. So I don't think I would be interested in doing that. Now, if somebody was willing to give up a second for him, I think I would listen, but I don't know if that's the case. And I don't think I'd sell him for any less than that. So uh, that's, that's my opinion. Thanks for the, uh, the question there, Dave. I, I don't know. And, it's definitely disappointing because uh, it's a double whammy for me with him being a Bronco and a Hawkeye and a tight end. Love the tight end position. Um, but again, it's, it's selling low right now. And I thought he was actually better in that, like the last two and a half quarters of that Browns game. So, you know, some positive momentum, hopefully going forward, they need him to start playing better. So what would you, uh, you know, you know, we we're talking about Jerry Judy and the difference that he makes. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm looking at Calvin Ridley right now thinking, would the Falcons be better off trading him? I'm like, you know where he would fit in real nice right now? Denver. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know that Denver's in a position to give up a first round for no. something like that. Um, but, Imagine you know, he, he, when we start talking about what, what Denver lacks on offense, other than elevated quarterback play, you know, as far as the receivers go, like, man, round peg, round hole in Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, really talented. Um, the Broncos are not in position to be giving up draft capital right now, at least at that level. Um, we got Joe Harrington coming in here saying, are we in for Watson or not? Uh, everything everything I hear is the Broncos are not in for Watson. Um, but, uh, you know, we saw everything I was hearing, too, going up to the draft is uh, sounded like quarterback or Rashawn Slater. And the Broncos ended up taking Patrick Sertan. So Pat, uh, George Payton, you know, say what you will about him his first year in, the decisions he's making, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but... He is running a tight ship there in Denver, and uh, he is making sure that any whispers or whatever that are getting out are either lies, uh, damn lies. What, what do they say? Lies, damn lies, and whatever. Statistics. statistics? Okay, well, that's yeah, – I don't that's know if he's it. looking it's statistics. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. But uh, he is one that is uh, letting it get, not letting stuff get out there, so we'll see. Um, we got Trevor's in the house saying, morning, fellas. Good to see you, Trevor. It's awesome to see you in here. Uh, we got Tommy saying he traded for Evan Ingram and a six for Fant. Uh, Ingram's even more finesse than uh, – um, even more finesse than Fantas. So I don't know. Juan coming in saying, Hey guys, Trevor saying, uh, Nick, any thoughts about the leak coaching list? Yikes. Those don't look good to me at all. Um, unfortunately this is not a, it is one of 32 positions in the NFL for the head coaching position, but given the a, every single team in this division has a quarterback and you talk to any coach, like, do, do I have a quarterback? Then I got a chance to keep the job. Um, Broncos right now don't. And the, their rivals in the division do. So that makes it a tough position. And also there's not going to be, that much security this team can give because you're going to see a ownership change uh, three months, five months after the head coach comes in and that owner could completely blow it up and change the dynamics, the power dynamics, what you're allowed to do. Um, obviously there is some contractual stuff that will carry over, but uh, it just adds a, an essence of unknown and instability to whoever that coach is and makes, in my opinion, makes this job less, less appealing than almost any other job out there this off season. Yeah, I'm not too worried about the the ownership situation. Like I said, as long as 
the only time I have problem with the ownership for me, that's almost more of a, a general manager type yeah. thing than, than your head coaching job. The ownership should only come in when I need money. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the only time it's like, I need to, I need to go get a free agent. I need a signing bonus. Do I have permission to sign this contract for, for this coach? I want to offer him five twenty five that type of thing. Otherwise, you know, I don't, I don't worry too much about the ownership situation, especially a corporate type owner that hopefully will just stay out of the way. I mean, there's obviously exceptions. You don't want Daniel Snyder. Um, but uh, who's a Dallas Mavericks guy? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. You know, you wouldn't mind somebody like that. You know, I, no. I, I like my owners to be like we used to talk about kids, be seen and not heard uh, or even not even seen. You know, get up mm. in your box, rub your elbows with your fat cats, your billionaire boys club and uh, and, and let football people let the big boys do the work. But, mm. um, you know, I, I don't I don't think the ownership is really that big a big of a hindrance or or whatnot as as we move forward building this team well i hope i hope you're correct um because that would be better for the broncos we got peter middleton coming in talking about the broncos trading a 2024 six for a linebacker from ucla uh drafted by i think in the sixth round by ravens then traded to the rams this offseason now denver bronco kenny young uh why would the rams give up a half decent linebacker is there a bigger trade from the broncos coming um Man, I guess I'll just get right into it. I don't think Ken Young is that good of a linebacker. Um, watching this tape, uh, that if he was a very good linebacker, you wouldn't be getting him from a contending team right now at this stage in the, the season, right? Like, that's just A, that's baseline. But also watching him, he, despite being a solid athlete, he's not very good going backwards, uh, not the best in coverage. And I think he also is somewhat struggles when bodies get on him. Uh, the Rams game plan defensively looked like, okay, we're going to put Kenny young behind Aaron Donald. So that way they're doubling Aaron Donald. We can keep Kenny young clean. Um, so I think Kenny young, obviously he'll be better than Curtis Robinson was out there and he'll help this Broncos defense stabilize at the linebacking position, the off ball position. But, uh, I think the stats are somewhat deceiving and, uh, I don't think he is going to be this difference maker. Like he's not going to be an upgrade to, um, Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell. He might upgrade Justin Strenaud, who's been struggling so far, but that's, you know, that's about it. He's a body. Well, you need bodies right now when they're dropping like flies. I need somebody that'll go in and smack heads besides Kareem Jackson. You know, I'd like somebody in the 230, 240 range to go up attacking the line of scrimmage instead of the 15 range and going up and knocking himself silly. Um, you know, I hear on, you know, I'm on all the pods guys. I'm, I'm behind, you know, I'm behind the scenes on the ones that I'm not in front of the camera. So I hear all of them and I hear a lot of criticism about Kareem Jackson. Like, man, Kareem Jackson's the one out there that shows if, if I got a point, who, who wants to be out there? The first guy I point to is Kareem Jackson. You don't pull that guy off the field. You might not be using him correctly and he probably knocking himself silly and costing him in coverage, but find a better way to use somebody that out, is out there flying around and and giving absolutely everything he's got to that team. So anyway, my point is having a linebacker that'll knock heads isn't necessarily a bad thing right now if that if that can be the guy. Yeah, I, he's definitely better than anybody the Broncos have on the roster right now playing, so that should help that team uh, a bit, which is great. Um, they need it. They just didn't look competent out there, um, which is the biggest thing, right? Getting out there and looking competent is a big thing. We got Seth coming in here uh, saying one thing that isn't mentioned going back about Fant is how much Shermer's scheme doesn't really use Fant to his strengths. He's not a yak guy. He's more of a stretch seam tight end. Shermer doesn't use him that way. Remember the production he had under Skangs. Um, I've been watching Noah Fant for a long time. And uh, while Noah Fant can make some plays down the field, 
Uh, he does not play above the rim. I don't know if I've seen many plays where Fant is, you know, turning back to the ball and jumping up and out, leaping guys. Not that he can't, but uh, I don't think he's the best that way. I also think that his ability to track the football um, is a bit erratic. Um, so he should be, and, and at Iowa, Bronco, the, uh, the Hawkeyes used him all the time, especially in the red zone or third and short in the short yak positions where he would just beat a linebacker or a safety to the, the hash marks, right? One of those like pre-snap motions and fans, he's a bigger, better athlete than most of those guys. And he's doing that in the short yardage game. So haven't seen that so far. I mean, he's six, five, two He's got to figure out how to change his pace or his stride or whatever and fall forward, you know, one, one and a half yards for the first down. And he just had not been doing that consistently. Do want to see him work also down the field more? Um, but also to be able to run down the field, you have to have faith in your tackles, right? Your tackles have to be, be able to hold up. Otherwise fans going to stay back there and chip and then release as a somewhat of a uh, dump off option. And right now you have to keep your tight ends in there to help because your tackles are struggling. So it's a uh, football is really connected. It's a team game, right? We always say that it's, it's not cliche. And right now there are limitations, um, around this offense that are limiting what Shermer can do with the tight ends and what fan can do on a play to play basis. And I think what Seth is saying on this as a yard after the catch, you normally think of a horizontal guy um, as a guy who can get sideways and, and is wiggly. Most tight ends who are yards after the catch are vertical anyway, which mm -hmm. goes to the point you're making where he's more of a stretch the seam tight end because you get him going vertical. You get 250, 260 pounds going in one direction. He's hard to stop. You pick mm -hmm. up eight to 10 yards just dragging bodies in the, uh, in the defensive backfield. Most tight ends aren't what you would normally think of as a slot receiver type of yard after the catch with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even if I hit him on a quick slant, um, the, the yards after the catch are coming exactly the way that you mentioned in a seam down the field behind the linebackers where you can get him into the defensive backfield. And the Broncos aren't making a ton of those uh, throws right now of, uh, you know, beyond 15 to 20 yards, unless they're the, the deep fly routes. Totally agree with you. And it would be great to see him more down the field just because that's more value. And uh, we need some highlights, right? It's been boring football. This was a bad week of football in general, but um, some of that stuff to hang your hats on. But he should be making more plays than he is. So uh, hopefully we'll see what happens here. We got Shane Daniels coming in, maybe with stars, but either way. Yeah, Shane's absolutely. Always... Appreciate the stars, Shane. Uh, well, then we're definitely getting to it because um, Shane wants a chance for that uh, Patrick Sertan jersey like he's asking about here. Uh, what is your individual grade for Patrick Sertan? Scott, what do you think so far through the first would it be seven games in it's hard it's hard to look at it and then go versus expectations if i grade him as a rookie i think he's an a minus uh i think he's doing great if i grade him as forget everything else and and remove expectations and say how is he playing i think he's probably a solid b mm. uh there's some mistakes in there some missed tackle stuff that you expect from a rookie uh but for expectations are you getting what you're hoping for out of a, uh, a number nine pick, it's a resounding yes, absolutely. So so take that either way how you want to. I think his play overall on the field, like if I'm looking at a Madden grade or something, I'm giving him a ranking, he'd come in a B range. Uh, but for a rookie, the rookie class and my expectations for him coming in, he's a, he's, he's, he's an A. He's an A, A minus. Yeah, I would probably give him an A, A minus as well. Um, he's looked pretty competent out there. I also don't think... Um, with how much off coverage they're using, they're using him to his best abilities all the time. Um, Fangio has been, has been working in more press though. And uh, we've seen Sertan doing that. I'm also grading him against or with a curve uh, based on cornerbacks historically round one. I can't remember the last time we had a rookie cornerback come in and be 
amazing immediately since uh honestly Marshawn Lattimore is the last one I can remember so it's been a few years I mean the rookies last year vastly struggled uh those first round picks in the top 10 in uh, Jeff Akuda and uh CJ Henderson he's already been traded to a new team um so I'm gonna give him an A actually um I think he's played great and uh looks like a long-term building block piece at a very valuable position uh so excited you know, to have him here and coming back to Peter says why haven't the braided Broncos traded for an OL when that's been an obvious weakness. Um, you have a spot for one right now. Um, you know, when you come in for an OL, you've got money and, and investment in a lot of guys on there. You know, it's not easy to just, I'm going to bench Glasgow. You know, he's mm-hmm. making top five money in the league. Uh, I've got a third round pick, I believe, a third round pick in Quinn Miners. You know, mm-hmm. I've got investment and in time in these guys. There's only so many roster spots. So whoever comes off, you bring somebody in, someone's got to go. Um, there's been a lot of comings and goings at other positions with all the injuries right now that you don't necessarily have a spot open for another offensive lineman based on who might be available. Um, so if you were to go, if you were to go right now to go get an offensive lineman, you know, what would you target? Would you target, you know, a center? And is there one available that is would be an upgrade? Would you go for a, a left or right guard? Or would you try and find an upgrade at right tackle? Um, none of those are easy to find starter mm-hmm. upgrades. Or else, you know, the other team's probably not letting them go. Yeah, that's the big thing uh, for me as well. Um, who are you targeting? Maybe a center, but you're changing the entire dynamic of the chemistry of that whole unit. And with the quarterback as well, the line checks. Um so I don't know how much that's going to take a long time to really, I guess, start to work. And uh, at least it should in theory. And then what are you giving up for that? A fourth round pick, a fifth round pick when that's not even maybe going to start to make a difference until you're already, you know, four games below 500 at that point, just keep the pick and let the young guys play uh, maybe at right tackle. But like, if you're looking for a tackle that has some, a, this is a team that should be looking if they are accumulating any assets like that. Once who are in the picture, 2022 plus, right? Going beyond just this season. Uh, are, is there going to be a tackle there available for a second round pick? That's better than a chance at a tackle in the draft in the second round. No. So uh, I think you're probably going to stick where you are. Um, if the Broncos did have like a lack of depth on the offensive line, like they were missing a position at key depth, I could see them make a move. Cause you're not as worried about the chemistry about that one. Cause he's not going to be thrown in there immediately. You have a little bit of time, um, but the depth in theory should be adequate. You know, like obviously uh, Quinn Miners flashed when he was there. Um, a lot of people calling for Calvin Anderson. It's not great, but the offensive line is a very scarce position across the league. Um, so it does seem obvious, but I don't know how much actually you can improve this unit, bringing anybody in, given, you know, how far we are in the season already and where the Broncos are as a team. So um, I've seen this one pop yeah. twice, so we're going to just say Let's this one, Scott and Nick. So I wanted to address it. Uh, Scott, do you think the Broncos are going to be in on trading for a quarterback at the trade deadline? Maybe Minshew. Uh, someone else said, so I saw the same report. It wasn't really a report. Um, it was a bleacher report throwing stuff out there of um, what would make sense. You know, And it might make sense, but what would make sense? So it's not anything from inside sources or this is what I'm hearing or anything like that. And uh, Zach, to his credit, acknowledged that. He's the one that wrote it up on Mile High Huddle. And he's like, you know, I don't necessarily like writing this stuff, but it's interesting. Um, And it gets a lot of traction. And just about every Broncos fan in the world saw that article because I've seen the analytics on it. 
Um, but no, uh, unless there was an injury this week, I don't expect there to be a trade for a, uh, a quarterback. Um, the more interesting thing to me is, is what are you doing with Brett Rippon? Why are you carrying three guys on the active roster? Um, that's the one that has me scratching my head a little bit. Um, you know, could you see a guy going out? Maybe, you know, yeah. why bring Brett Rippon up? Uh, why are you holding on to Drew Locke? Um, Teddy's not going anywhere. He's a, he's a run a player. Um, yeah. he's, you know, he's a one year guy, maybe two, maybe two at a discounted rate, uh, not discounted for what the Broncos are paying him, but discounted from his previous contract. Uh, I think you're more likely to see a, a quarterback go the other way than, mm-hmm. than incoming. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, that's probably true. Uh, maybe if you can get Minshew for a late day three pick, uh, worth a shot, but again, it's offenses are complicated. What are you going to do with him? Yeah, right. Is, are you going to throw him to the is wolves? He an, is he an upgrade over what you have? I think you have more years of control, right? Uh, he's not on the last year of his deal, um, so it gives you an option this upcoming offseason as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how Meh. how much it's going to move. Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he's, <laughs> and also the thing that scares me about Minshew, and this is just totally, you know, uh, me covering this team and seeing it, but uh, the cult of personality with him, he's not good enough to have the following that he has. Right. It's like it's not it's not Tebow where it has the religious fervor in it as well. Um, but it's like this. It's the cult of personality. Tebow was religious fervor. didn't really have a lot to do with it. Tebow was freaking good. I mean, Tebow went to one of the biggest programs in the country and started setting records and winning championships, you know, while but playing the whole the now thing. But he was a he was a rah-rah guy and all that type of stuff from the beginning. Yeah. Well, Minshew. A lot of passing in the Pac-12 there for uh, Washington State and wearing the short shorts and the big mustaches. Again, I don't know. Washington State. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> not Florida. No. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but either way, I'm done with the cult of personality stuff. I just, how are they playing? That's that's what matters. Um, as long as they're not complete pieces of trash uh, off the field. But uh, John, Jim, <laughs> Jimmy John coming in. Good morning, Broncos country. Another shiny new toy. Uh, yeah, Kenny Young. Um, have you watched much Kenny Young? I haven't, in fact, and I keep getting confused because there was a Kenny that was at UCLA. I went and watched. He was playing uh, a middle linebacker in high school at about 260 pounds, and I can't remember his name. I went and watched him in person. I was like, this kid is going to be a massive defensive tackle, and he was. And I keep thinking, I'm like, is this him? He's not a linebacker, is he? And I'm like, 230 pounds. I'm like, no, that ain't him. That's not him. Okay. Kenny Young. Uh, So I don't remember Kenny Young. Okay. Solid athlete, uh, not the best in coverage from a instincts perspective, not somebody you want to have scraping linebackers and filling a gaps constantly, but he is, he played this scheme um, last year. Can, can he help the team right now? Yes. That, that's what it comes down to. Can he help yep. right now? Yep, he can. I think he's, he should play this week. Is he, um, is, he, is he an upgrade over what you have? Does he make your team better? Is he the answer? No. Can he make your team better right team. now? Yes. Bring him in. Especially for didn't a cost you much. Didn't yeah. cost you anything. No, not really. Um, so hopefully we can get to, into it. And uh, I think this is a good chance we can start grading uh, some of these positions as well. We got Michael coming in here from Tucson. Michael, I didn't know you're down there in Tucson. Uh, go Broncos! I did. He says it every time. But we're from Tucson? I, I get to read the chat most of the most of the pods. It's harder. It's much harder to keep up with the chat um, when you're by, when you're when you're running these on camera like this. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Uh, well, hello to in sunny Tucson there. Um, send some of that sun our way. I miss it already here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, grading the linebackers. Is this one where we can give them an incomplete? I think that uh, the combination that of mine Jewel, on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to give them a uh, 
with Josie Julian Alexander Johnson, the way they're playing, I think this unit really had a chance to be a solid BB plus, mm-hmm. but with how injured they are there, um, right now they're trending towards a D and that's not really fair, right? It's like, you're, you're a kid who, uh, I don't know, your, your car, your family got stuck on vacation because of their car and you missed a test. And now you went from a B to a D it's like, well, I'm on my, I'm on my fourth, fourth string linebacker. What am I, I going to do? <laughs> what were you expecting? I thought Josie Jewell was playing at a solid B plus to a level the first couple of games before he got hurt. I think he was exceeding mm-hmm. expectations very, very well. You know, we've said before, you know, when I started listening and, and getting integrated with his team, the talk was, oh, you know, Josie Jewell's solid blue collar guy. And then, you know, I'm watching him fly to laterally, sideline to sideline mm-hmm. in coverage. And uh, I was like, this guy's a little more than that. And I think you got a pretty good argument that he might be the biggest miss on this team right now. And him, Jerry Judy, um, who was it there? Um, Bradley Chubb. Um, but Chubb. I, I think Josie Jewell's as missed as anybody right now. Yeah, and he was the uh, the guy wearing the green dot as well, getting everybody in the right position. Um, I thought he got much better at taking on blockers uh, between the tackles this this season and uh, trending towards last season as well. And I think the Broncos, it looked like to me, they changed up a little bit of what they were asking their defensive line to do uh, after Josie Jewell went down to protect Justin Strenad because he is uh, enough of a weakness in the run game in the box where you have to change what you're doing. Otherwise, he's going to get washed out. So uh, it hurt. And that's a bad sign if I can target both your linebackers, you know, because Malik Reed certainly seemed to get targeting, Mm -hmm. get targeted in the, in the short passing game and screens and runs to the left side of the offense. Uh, There was a lot of hay to be made going, going that direction. So inside linebackers an incomplete outside linebacker to me, C minus. Yeah. I mean, C minus. I'm like Vaughn's had flashes, you know, Vaughn's had some good times. Um, Bradley Chubb hasn't been out there and Malik Reed has been fair. Uh, Jonathan Cooper has exceeded expectations, Yeah, but you know, he's, he's a hope guy. Oh, I hope he can play into this level. He's not a guy that's necessarily playing at that level. So yeah. I'm going CC minus at OLB. Uh, we got, uh, Damn it, Alvin coming in. A little maybe Alvin and the Chipmunks reference there. Um, good morning, good night, Broncos country. Just got done working a 10-hour shift. I'll have to watch later. Well, uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter and let us know when you watch and what you think. We also got uh, Broncos 007. Are you a big James Bond guy, Scout? Are you, are you a fan of the, the old James Bond? I heard the new one's awesome. Uh, I am. I, I am a Bond guy. My first my first Bond, though, was, uh, was Roger Moore. So I missed, mm. you know, Sean Connery was a little bit before me. So, so my first bond was Roger Moore. So uh, he has a special place in my heart amongst the bonds. I always loved uh, the video games growing up. Goldeneye. Um, there was a few other ones and they always kind of changed the formats of them. And I played a lot of James Bond's games in uh, elementary school, late, late elementary school and uh, middle school. A lot of fun um, hanging out with friends. The Golden Gun, right? That was always the one you wanted. Uh, but $5 from Broncos 007. Uh, since the next quarterback class is supposedly dog water, how hard do you think we'll go after Rogers in the offseason? Um, a is the Rogers going to want to be here? Um, before the Broncos were one of very few teams that could take Rogers' salary cap on. Um, now it's going to be like twenty teams, so that opens up the door for Rogers. Um, and we have to see how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, if Jerry Judy comes back and is amazing, and this team is trending in the right direction, and they get a coach he wants, maybe. But uh, it's a, it's not as guarantee. It's not a guarantee. Or you're going to have to let him play general manager if you're going to bring him in. Yep. I mean, he's going to have to help pick the new coach. Yep. You know, you know, to a certain extent, it's it, instead of you got to find the coach and let him bring in his guy. 
Mm-mm. No. Not when you got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. No. Nope. If you get Aaron Rodgers, he's going to have to put a stamp of approval on who's coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the player power at this level when you're talking about a player of his caliber and resume. Um, because you're not just bringing in a guy to a team stacked with weapons and success like you were with Tom Brady, where you can show Tom Brady, look, this team's ready. All we needed mm-hmm. you. That's a tougher sell right now. It's a tougher sell right now with Denver. It was an easier sell coming into the season, but now the proof is in the pudding. Unless this team gets it together and finishes nine and eight, you go nine and eight. So that's when we talk about reasons to play, there's a reason to play free agency. Mm-hmm. That's a reason to play. However, that's also where the ownership starts coming in that we've talked about because yeah. free agents cost a lot of money and you've got to be able to go to owner and say, I need $20 million. Yep. Uh, I need a signing bonus. Um, so you've got, if you're looking for a reason to turn it around, free agency is a big one of those, because if it doesn't, you can kiss free agency goodbye. Yeah. And the Broncos have a lot of salary cap dollars in free agency. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised given the ownership situation and where this team is at in general, if they, you know, spend enough to get to that, that floor where you have to get to. Um, and that could be from paying your own guys even right. Like a Cortland Sutton contract could get you there. Um, and then you just go again and uh, roll over another season until you have that new ownership and really start to look towards 2023. And unfortunately, with how this team is built right now, the reason you have so much money this offseason is because you have a lot of money coming off the books. Um, that's one reason if the Broncos lose this Washington football team uh, game that they I think they should be selling, selling, selling uh, because you are going to lose a lot of these guys anyways. So might as well get the small draft capital you can get back, create the cap space and create a spot for a back end of the roster guy to get a shot. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just me. I, I'm always, I want people, I want teams to commit. I really hate this one foot in one foot out kind of thing. Like if you're going to suck, tell me it, say you're going to use the R word. <laughs> I know, but it is hard. You know, you've got an yeah. obligation to the professionals on your team also to try. Yeah. Um, not that you're blowing games. That's I not know, what I'm talking know, about, but, but it's this, this you are. reward failure system that we have. You know, if, if, if the Broncos were facing relegation to get moved down to league two, You'd see guys fighting for their freaking lives right now, and it'd be Man. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. But like I've said, you got the billionaire boys club where you buy a ticket for life and you're good, and the owners can just sit there and rake in money in a cash cow, and they don't give a damn if you win or not. Great. You know who suffers in that system? We do. Yeah. The fans do. Yep. Uh, Mo, I saw this question earlier. I'm, I'm Sometimes I'm a little hesitant to grab them when uh, you know it, it goes directly to Falcons. And on, on that topic, I see a lot of – Pop culture talk in here, which I love. Honestly, I do. Yeah. But I also remember stop listening to Atlanta Sports Talk Radio because I started calling it Guy Talk Radio. Because I'm like, listen, I don't care what you think about this model or whatnot. That's what the internet's for. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're going to be here more. And if we're doing three days a week, you know, maybe we'll talk about our favorite Bond movies every once in a while. So that's yeah. fine. But, uh, Mo, Matt Hennessy's okay. Um, he's okay. He'd be, I'd say he's probably just a, a little bit below average. Um, but from where the Falcons offensive line started to where they are now, uh, below average is a couple steps up. So yeah. he's, he's playing better. They're getting more comfortable in the scheme, uh, getting more comfortable with Jalen Mayfield next to him. That's mm-hmm. a big part of it. And Chris Lindstrom at right guard is playing well enough that he's elevating the play on the guys next to him. Um, but Matt Hennessy, he's to me right now, he would be somebody I would be looking to upgrade. If I, if I could, I'd bring in a Quinn Miners type, mm-hmm. and put pressure on you. 
Um, yep. So he's been he's been okay. Not uh, a gaping hole like that interior line was against the Eagles to start uh, the first game, but not necessarily a, a place where I'm looking as a general manager and say, okay, tight end, I'm good. Let's move on to the next one. At yeah. center, yeah, let's see what we can do there. So yeah. I, oh, I think uh, he's been okay. Man, Kyle Pitts. Oh, my. he is starting to – a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh, so much fun. I watched that game this week because the Broncos weren't playing on Sunday, and, man, Kyle Pitts is a – Looking like the number four overall pick. I would be very excited if I was in Atlanta. Um, Trevor, real quick, pop culture. He's asking Halloween movies. Number one for me is just Halloween. Just straight up the first original Halloween, Michael Myers. I don't know if you saw Halloween Kills yet. Don't waste your time. Absolutely terrible. The original Halloween, though, absolutely love it. Um, I also am a big uh, fan of, uh, it's more dark than scary, but uh, and it has a cult following, but always a big Donnie Darko fan as well. Uh, Jake I'm not Gyllenhaal. a scary movie type. Okay. Uh, not, I'm not, uh, actually, I don't mind drama scary. I'm not a slasher. Yeah. Um, I, I too active an imagination, uh, yeah. with an only child. I was home alone a lot hmm. <laughs> and they just scared the hell out of me. I saw, I saw Freddy Krueger in sixth grade. I had nightmares for three freaking years. You still don't get near me with a Freddy Krueger mask. I'm almost 50 years old. So nightmare on Elm street in sixth grade scarred me. I, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on slasher films. I like good drama, scary, you know, one of my favorites, silence of the lambs, that, mm-hmm. that type of stuff, crime drama, <laughs> love it. But yeah. I'm I'm not a slasher movie. I haven't I haven't seen any of those all the way through. I've seen okay. pieces parts. I haven't seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, none of it. Oh, um, I love the first Halloween. Um, the one movie that did scare the absolute bejesus out of me as a kid, and I blame my old man for this, still haunts me. Signs, PG thirteen movie, Mel Gibson. Who cares? Not even that good. Like, oh, they died from water. Sorry, spoilers, everyone. The planet's covered in water. What are you thinking, aliens traveling? <laughs> That's through- how I felt about War of the Worlds. I'm like, yeah. these guys have been laying in wait for thousands of years, and they couldn't figure out now that they're not compatible of it? You the really? Bacteria. Come on. Yeah, stupid. stupid. But that one, I was watching it in a farm in Missouri, and there's the scene where the hand goes under the pantry and like reaches for him, and my dad banged on the back door when that happened, and I had nightmares for months. See, so on, he lost uh, that one. <laughs> on the flip side of this, I love uh, fantasy monster movies. So American mm. Werewolf in London, love no. it. One of my no. favorite movies. And I'm a huge, like, ridiculously crazy uh, vampire buff, especially the Vampire Chronicles from Anne Rice. Um, but that's not, it's the slasher ones. I don't, I don't yeah. like slasher movies at all. Yeah. Do you, uh, just real quick, then we'll get back to football. You like the vampire <laughs> stuff. Um, there's a mockumentary, oh, yeah. there's a mockumentary show on, I think it's on FX, but I've been watching it on Hulu called uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is like a vampire mockumentary. Um, pretty funny. If you like that cotton comedy stuff, uh, very funny British kind of dry humor. Um, but anyway, back to the grading the defense. Um, we talk about edge rushers. I'm going to give them a C minus. Von Miller flashed a lot. Um, I do have questions about if Von Miller is a great fit for the scheme. Also, Von Miller, I mean, with pass rushers in general, and we, we all made fun of Vance Joseph for saying it, but it's so true. Um Pass rushers like Von Miller, they pick their spots when they, you know, unveil a move. They set a guy up, set a guy up, and then uh, do something different um, after, from that setup to get a sack or get a good uh, good pressure. Um, and the Broncos right now have not been playing with a lead or in a situation where Von Miller can do that, right? You have to have some sort of complimentary football, playing with a lead, close game, third and long, um, where that edge rusher is getting after it. And uh, Von Miller has not been... Uh, set up to do that because the offense is struggling. And I don't, did you watch the Manning cast last night? Has that been your jam at all? No, I, uh, I came back and um, I, I'll be honest with you with my weekend. I haven't finished the Falcons game yet. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I came back from soccer practice last night, ate dinner, came on this pod, 
got in bed at 9.30 and watched the Falcons game for an hour and crashed. So yeah. I didn't watch I, – I don't, I don't stay up late enough for Monday Night Football. Okay. Well, he was talking about um, how your defense – um, if they go out there and get you a three and out or a turnover, the offense needs to go out there and do stuff um, and, you know, reward the defense to give, inspire them and uh, keep them going and get, make sure they're motivated the next drive. Um, and the Broncos have been failing to do that for five years. Um, so unfortunate, uh, but uh, I've been giving the edge rushers a, a C minus for now. Malik Reed, um, shame on you folks who were saying Malik Reed's better than Bradley Chubb. Um, that's just like, what are we doing here? Um, that's why stats are, not always uh, telltale when you have more one-on-ones than any other edge rusher in football, a little bit of hyperbole, but you better get home some. Um, and he's just, he's, he's a quality or a good backup. You know, he's a good third or fourth. I think he's actually got to compete next year for that third edge rusher spot with Jonathan Cooper. I don't know if I want him to be that first guy off the bench with Cooper ascending. So we'll see um, moving it forward. Still through the front seven, the interior defensive line. Um, I'm going to give them a, I'm going to give them a C plus. Um, I don't think they've been amazing. I think Draymond Jones, it'd be nice if he could get home. His pressures have been great. Uh, he's winning his one-on-ones at a pretty good clip for the interior defensive line. Um, but you want him to get home. Shelby Harris, I wish he was playing better considering what they're paying him. And Mike Purcell, I think defense has figured out if we let him penetrate a little bit, there's going to be a wide gap between the linebackers <laughs> dropping and Mike Purcell moving forward. And we're just going to target that. And they've been very successful doing that. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you normally want to do. You want to figure out where he's going and then go the other way, um, or at least try and move him one direction. In this case, it's like, all right, once he comes in, he's not quick enough laterally. Yep. And the guys beside him, especially if you're running a nickel and the guys, well, he wasn't even in there in that first one. I'm still annoyed at how they came out against the, uh, the Browns. Um, but you know, Purcell, Purcell's a victim of, of the scheme and his job is supposed to be to hold two blockers. And then the Mm -hmm. other guys are supposed to come in. Uh, you know, that's, that's the job of a three, four nose guard, but, uh, you know, across the board, I think then the interior line, I think C, C minus is fair. Uh, you know, I don't want to just repeat everything you just said, but you know, Shelby Harris and and Draymond and Draymond haven't been good enough. And Purcell is Purcell. It's, it's what you're going to get. So uh, C minus there, incomplete at at uh, linebacker. And what do you start getting? You start getting a front seven that's not getting done, and your defense struggles, right? Yeah, that's uh, you don't have many difference makers there right now, which is another thing, right? Like Von Miller is a difference maker in theory, but he's not getting it done alone. Draymond Jones, I think, is a very good complementary piece, but he's not an alpha uh, in a front seven. Um, he you need some guys around him that can create for him. Um, and that just hasn't been the case so far. So hopefully when Bradley Chubb comes back, it starts to look a little better. Um, but, uh, not there right now. And, uh, who could replace Purcell? That guy's probably not on the roster. Um, we got Chris Hernandez coming in with stars here. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, trying to get that, uh, Patrick Sertan, the second Jersey with all the stars that you're given. Uh, we appreciate We're you just and supporting uh, us more importantly, yeah. just, just, just helping us out. And that, that certainly does. Yeah. A nice cool 500 says Peter here. Um, we got Charles uh, Pinster coming in here, maybe an Iowa Hawkeye fan saying uh, the Broncos need to draft Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, Center you're for at New- 15 minutes, kid. You, if you're going to get to your top 10. I will. We will. Yep, absolutely. Um, Andrew Lampy also coming in, but uh, Tyler Linderbaum, not in my top 10. Um, let's grade just real quick. The um, cornerbacks and the safeties um, cornerbacks. I'm going to give them a, I'm going to give them a B. I'm going to give them a B. Straight up B. Uh, Bryce Callahan, I would almost give him a B minus, um, but I'm going to give him a B. Uh, Kendall Fuller has been unfortunate, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, excuse me, Kyle Fuller. Um, the signing there, it's not what you want. 
Um, but I think Darby is starting to play better. Um, he missed that time and he's going to start to play better, but Bryce Callahan and Patrick Sertan have been good. Um, so I'm going to give them a B and I, could they play better down the field? Yes. But cornerback is a position where an opposing team can target one guy. That's why depth is so important. And other teams have been targeting that one guy, unfortunately, in, uh, whether it be Fuller or Darby early on. And I think it'll start to get turned around a little bit, um, but I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to be a little positive. I can't give straight C's across the board. Can't do it. Well, and Andrew Lampy coming in with the stars. Good morning. Uh, we appreciate you for sure. Um, I almost want to um, grade these individually. I know that that's cheating because we've talked, yeah. but it's it, there's just when you're talking corners as a group, you could talk six corners, you know, mm-hmm. when, depending on your on your package and your package. The dirtiest thing I said all all pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> depending on what defensive formation you happen to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that Fuller. You know how do I how do I let Fuller? But if I'm grading everybody, I have to include him. You know Fuller's yep. been an F. Yep. You know he's he's been an F, especially compared to expectations. When you start talking about money, you know Glasgow hasn't been an F. It's just compared to a top five played guy, your value is an F. He's been yep. a C, C minus. But Fuller's been the F for Fuller. He he's been mm-hmm. bad. Yep. Um. And we talked about, you know, Sertan earlier. I see probably on the whole a B, but for expectations as a rookie, A, A minus for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Callahan, your expectations. He's, he's your, should have been your fourth or fifth guy. A, he's been yeah. great. He's been really good. Darby has been in and out. C plus, yep. C plus on Darby. Um, and hopefully trending up. Uh, yep. I still have a lot of faith in there. And Fuller hopefully gets it together. He's a professional, making a lot of money. There's talent there, can do better. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Ojemudia back. Uh, he should be back second half of the season. He was playing very well. So I'm C plus B minus on the secondary, uh, especially the corners, I guess. And if we do safeties a little different, mm, I give a C minus to the safeties as much as I like this, you know, like what they're possible of. It's hard to give safeties a good grade when you're giving up 20 yards of a reception that that's on your safeties. And the um, lack of turnovers on the back that, end. That's well. on your safeties. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm C minus to a D on your safeties. And we go from back to front. Defensive line as a unit, we're C, C minus. Linebackers, beat to hell. We're incomplete because yeah. there's no bodies out there. It's a friggin' mash unit. Mm-hmm. And then across the, the defensive secondary, you're, you're probably C minus across the board. So yep. that's fairly general. And then, you know, if we grade the coaching staff, I know people want to say that too. Uh, you know, I, I've seen some things that just make me angry. You know, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I don't know what you guys know. And you know, you don't, you don't come out against a second string quarterback in a, in a nickel, you especially don't, you don't the Browns jam the run, stop yeah. the run, make him beat you behind you. Yeah. Like I said, I've said at least three times, it was an overcorrection for, to Derek Carr going for 20 yards or a, a, a completion against you. And case Keenum's not Derek Carr. No, he's not. Um, you're, and, and they don't have the weapons at the time because OBJ is beat up. Uh, who's their number two? He was Jarvis beat up Landry. Too. Jarvis Landry's beat up. And you're going against a second or third string running back. Man, jam the line of scrimmage. Making Austin so, Hooper look like an all pro. You know, I'd say the, the, the defensive coordinator gets a D as well. So overall, yeah. you're looking at C minus D plus at best on the defense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if we're looking at the Broncos secondary um, return on investment wise, an F, um, I'd give the safeties a C minus. Uh, Justin Simmons needs to be better. Kareem Jackson, both of them have given up big plays, um, but they're they're they need to play better and a B on the secondary. But considering they're the highest paid in the NFL, not good enough. I um, mean, you have a lot of guys that are older and are going to be gone after the season, so it's not and, like you uh, can. And Jim, you're forward. speaking my language here. Broncos sixteen and one. You're you're speaking my language. Um, this is. I've said for years they're moving this game towards a seven-on-seven seven league, mm-hmm. but I've got it ingrained enough in me as you know an old dude that you still win the game in the lines of scrimmage. And if you're weak on the lines, it's tough to be a good team. It just, especially on the defensive line, because if you're not making, if that quarterback has all day to throw when you're not allowed to cover in the backfield and you're not allowed to hit the quarterback once you get there, you got to at least pressure him. And if that's not happening. And your safeties are cheating up, and you're they're getting in behind you. You're you're going to be a bad defense. So, and then when the the other team's defensive line is living in your backfield on pass plays and run plays, it's hard to be a good offense. So I'm, I'm with you on this, Jim. Appreciate you. And uh, building off of this as well, before we get to my top ten um, preliminary top ten for the NFL draft coming in, where the Broncos might have a top ten pick. I think right now they're picking would be picking thirteen, but we got a lot of season to go. Um, I don't think the Broncos have won a game on the, in the trenches since they whipped the Jets. I mean, you had the terrible Steelers line. I thought the Steelers offensive line took it to the Broncos defensive line, which they shouldn't have, but they did. The Ravens on both sides of the ball, uh, Browns on both sides of the ball, and the Raiders, who have a, not a good offensive line, took it to you too. So um, Broncos keep losing in the trenches, um, and uh, that's going to make it hard to win football games, especially when you're as injured on the perimeter as you are. So uh, maybe I don't want to use the the S word for soft, but um, they could play a little bit uh, – hardier, meaner uh, football, and maybe be a juxtaposition team in the AFC West, which looks like it's going more finesse. Maybe you want to be the bullies. Maybe that's something where you can play a different style and sh- uh, switch it up um, for a identity going forward. We'll see. Um, we got a lot of seasons before we get yeah, there. And you're a Big Ten guy. You should love the oh, line of scrimmage. God, you're speaking see, I'm language. an SEC guy, so I appreciate defense. I appreciate big, fast defenders. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said before, I've told you before, the, the phrase SEC speed. It's not about the skill guys. Everybody's got 4-4 skill guys. It's about those four six, two hundred and eighty pound defensive ends and these four nine defensive tackles that run three twenty. Yep. That's that's SEC speed. So that's those are the guys that get me excited. Yeah, totally. Um, a lot of that in the Big Ten too this year, man. Michigan has an incredible uh, front seven. Ohio State looks like they're starting to come together. It's it's a it's a fun year. Um, but top ten, uh, Scott. I oh sorry, I want to hit this real quick. Yeah. Uh, Chad asked, and he's asking again, and I uh, I wanted to hit on this one. Um, which comes first? A new owner or a new coach? New coach. It has to timeline. A new coach. It, it's a, that's a lot easier. A new coach is going to come before new ownership. Yep, new ownership. It sounds like it's going to be late spring. Um, yeah, so anywhere you, from you, April. You to might. Whatever. You'll have a new coach. Yep. By you'll have one by uh, February, first of the year. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, so it's an unfortunate situation. They could bring in somebody that, uh, that honestly, they could go cheap and young and just like kind of see what happens there. And uh, know that person is probably a fill in, unfortunately, but maybe you strike gold. I mean, Sean McVay was not considered the the prime candidate that coaching cycle. And uh, look at him now, man. He's doing amazing things there in L.A. So you never know. Um, so getting now to my top 10, I, tw- I tweeted yesterday. I tagged you on it that nine of my top 10 guys were uh, defensive players, so sorry for everybody wanting quarterback or anything like that. I went back. I went back and watched uh, last night um, when that game was pretty boring. I put on a bunch of tape of a player, and I dropped him outside of my top 10 because I see the tools. I just don't see it enough with him, and uh, I'll do my honorable mentions here real quick. 
Um, dropped out of my top 10. Drake Jackson, edge rusher, number 99 from USC. Uh, just not consistent down to down, and especially with these other edge rushers in this class. Couldn't make my top 10. Um, Ahmed Gardner from Cincinnati. He was close as well, a, a cornerback prospect. He's just a little too grabby for me, and I don't think he's the athletes of the other cornerbacks that made it. Um, and uh, those are two guys that I thought were at least worth mentioning. Oh, and DeMarvin Leal. He's one who may end up in my top 10. I just, I'm really afraid of him. Texas A&M interior defensive lineman. Uh, because against Alabama, when he played inside, he got absolutely obliterated when taking on double teams. And uh, he's 6'4", 290. Like, do, you either have to lose weight and play edge, or you're going to have to be able to take a double team in the NFL. And right yeah, now, I you, see... You can't be a tweener like that, for sure. Nope. Right now, I see Mario Edwards Jr. Um, for you fans out there who is a really big athlete, but uh, couldn't hang inside unless he had uh, one-on-ones, which in the NFL, against five offensive linemen, not going to be the case most often. So uh, let's get it going here. My top 10. Um, I did actually, now I have two offensive linemen in my top 10. Uh, somebody who I think is a great athlete, Mississippi State, Charles Cross, um, worth watching there at Mississippi State. Somebody that the Broncos, if they took him, I would be ecstatic. Uh, I think he has some right tackle history in him as well. Um, but I really like him at left tackle. Big, long, smooth athlete. Um, the Broncos, if they want to start building a team where it's, let's say they don't go quarterback this offseason, you know what's the next best thing for getting the quarterback position right? Investing in the offensive line. Um, so Charles Cross really impresses me. And I'll just go through my top uh, bottom five here of the top 10. Um, number nine, then I have your guy, uh, Davis, the interior defensive lineman from Georgia, uh, six foot six, 360 pounds. Um, so I, I like, I like mock drafts as basically a guide, like who's mm-hmm. going to be available where, um, yep. and they, a friend of mine ran a Cleveland Brown site like this named Barry McBride. He created a, a mock draft muncher, which was basically just a composite. And it was a nice guide. It brought them all together. Mm-hmm. And I think the NFL mock Drace mock Drace. Mockdraftdatabase.com does a decent job with that. Yeah. Um, it obviously it's not, it's there is no exact science on this, but going to uh cross, they have Charles Cross going 29 to Tennessee. I think so, he's gonna move uh, up. What like we're him. saying is that he should move up some. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said uh Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis 14 to Kansas City. Mm. <laughs> Well, uh, I think Charles Cross is going to move up some, and I don't have the all 22 yet, so it's hard to judge mm-hmm. the offensive lineman, but I see the flashes, the athleticism, and how smooth he is in pass protection. I'm like, that's a that's a good tackle. That's the kind of guy that you want to invest in. Um, so I think he will move up. I like Davis a lot, and I know that there was a trend there for a little bit that the nose tackle, not very valuable, et cetera, et cetera, but what Davis allows you to do is means that you can go smaller more athletic at the linebacker position mm-hmm. because they're not going to get touched. Davis well, has the, the gravity. The question with him becomes, does he have to play a three, four? Does he have to? Cause that's going to limit you then because you, we've talked about this before. It's like, I don't want to draft for a system because a system can change. Now he is a yeah. perfect three, four mm-hmm. nose guard. I mean, absolutely perfect. But yep. if you go to a four, three, now what is he good enough to play defensive tackle on a four, three for me? The answer is yes. At one technique, I mean, you can still double. He's still going to take on doubles. Um, So I think he's, uh, yeah, I really like him. And because of that, it makes the job of your linebackers so much easier. They can just be free flow guys. You know, Mm -hmm. go go attack the ball. Don't worry so much about having to deconstruct blocks or anything like that because we're going to keep you clean. Um, play flat, but um, think fast, play fast, right? That kind of thing. So I have him at nine. Um, also, it's because somewhat of a lack of uh, interior defensive linemen I trust in this class and in the last class. I was say, and that's the key. There weren't any last year. So yep. you're talking about a two year cycle where this mm-hmm. is the best guy coming out. So if you couldn't get, if you couldn't address your interior line last year, you're really hurting now. So you're going to, you're going to move this guy up your board. Yep. 
Um, but again, yeah, we talked about Mike Purcell not being much of a difference maker out there. Um, Davis just has gravity to him, I and mean, you're guaranteed to muck up some stuff there for you. Is that worth it uh, for a top 10 pick? I need to see how he tests. I need to see if he's body beautiful. And again, Jeremy coming in being 360, were you a bit, especially at mile high? Um, at mile high, yeah, it does. Um, but again, I think he's playing great ball, and I'm looking for guys who are, if they're in the top 10 and they're not playing edge rusher, cornerback, offensive tackle, they need to be true difference makers that have like a gravity to them. You know, like they're the, they should be even playing sec football for Georgia. They should be ones that stick out to you. Um, and, uh, he does. So he's number nine for me, obviously taking a little bit here and number eight for me, another sec guy, a uh, cream Elam, uh, cornerback from Florida, uh, very long, very smooth, solid tackler. I'm very impressive, uh, impressed by him. Um, and the Broncos, I know, Oh, we just took a cornerback last year. You need three or four in today's NFL, especially in the AFC West. And yeah, you're going you to address that in free agency too. Yep. Yep. But, uh, right now just grading the top 10, um, and it's a value position. So I like Elam a good bit. Um, there at eight, uh, number seven, I have another cornerback, uh, Andrew Booth from Clemson. Probably I would argue he's actually the best pure athlete, um, at cornerback in this class. Um, he's still figuring out the position somewhat, but I mean, height, weight, speed, he is an absolute freak. I mean, he is such an athlete. He's amazing at Clemson for that. And he's just getting better. And my number six is uh, my guy, uh, George Karloftis, six foot four, 270 pound, 275 pound edge rusher, uh, the Greek freak, as I think we're going to call him um, going forward. Uh, just an absolute. Um, I, think, I think he's under the radar right now. He, I don't, I saw it was Trevor Sikama, who I really enjoy over at, he was used to be draft network. Now he's at pro football focus. He had George Karloftis going 32. And I'm like, what are we great? I mean, he, Hey, it doesn't mean you're wrong. I, I, yeah. You heard me on the Spencer Brown bandwagon for six months. Yeah. And you know, he went close to a hundred. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a pro bowl tackle. Yeah. Doesn't it's, mean you're wrong. And I get that he isn't, you know, he's not Von Miller out there. He doesn't have amazing um, bend, which is a concern, but he is so long and strong. And, you know, I remember people arguing about Joey Bosa, you know, not being the bendiest player, but when your hands are that good, um, at the point of attack and you can run through guys and play half man for that offensive tackle. Um, it doesn't matter. So I absolutely love George Karloftis. I have him at six. Um, number five, I have Kyle Hamilton. Um, he said number one here Kyle Hamilton. I have at number five, just because of the position of value, but he's a difference maker. He's the Kyle Pitts in this class and everybody, I could see some Broncos fans being upset. Oh, you should have gone offensive line. You should have gone quarterback. You should have gone linebacker. Why did you go safety? You have Caden Stearns, you have Justin Simmons. This Broncos team needs difference makers. I don't give a flying hoot where they're at. Obviously I do lean a little bit position of value. Don't give that much of a hoot though. If you can get Kyle Hamilton and Justin Simmons out there and the stuff you can do in the back end, Okay, let's, let's go have fun. Um, that he's no, an amazing, you know, you know, my phrase, if it's a difference maker, it doesn't matter what position. Mm -hmm. And to your point, you, you like to say, it's just more risky. If you miss, then you're, then you're screwed. You're not getting any yeah. value at all. It's like, I, I could have gotten that for a song yep. for swapping seventh rounders for an average safety as opposed to an average quarterback will still cost you a first rounder. Yep. Um, but if you can, if you can hit on a difference maker, then it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what position they play. A game changer yep. at safety is still a game changer at safety. And, and Kyle Hamilton, uh, to be fair, uh, NFL mock draft database.com has him at three going to okay. Philadelphia Eagles. And where was Carl Loftus? I didn't see him. So what I'm like, is he an underclassman that that they uh, that hasn't been put in there? I'm so so this guy is is definitely oh there he is he's 15 so he's moved up and guess okay. who they have him going to? They've been listening. The Broncos, Denver oh, at 15. How did I, I miss that? I, I, I apologize to everybody. Apologize. Shame on me. 
<laughs> I, I think I was uh, I was too busy flexing, and I missed it. And and frankly, Hunter, it wasn't the bod. I was always worried about being skinny when I was little. It was the hair. I had really nice blonde hair a long time ago. <laughs> You're close, but but not quite right. Appreciate you being all over me in this chat. Um, and just to wrap it on up, because we're already at an hour and uh, Scott just laughing at me, rolling his eyes. Oh, if we're going to go three days a week, we better do 45 minutes. But we're going to have to break our pattern here because we we're starting in such a groove for that hour. Um, but uh, I have Evan Neal at number four. Um, he can play left tackle. He can play right tackle. He's 6'8". He's a monster. Wouldn't be surprised at all if he was the second uh, overall off the board, given some of these bad teams invested in quarterbacks. So they might like, OK, well, maybe I have player X graded slightly higher. But if I don't protect my quarterback, I'm going to be out of a job. Um, so that's the one where I think I have Evan Neal at four. I could see him going as high as two. Uh, number three for me is Stingley Jr. from um, LSU. Uh, probably the best pure cornerback prospect since Jalen Ramsey. Um, he's long. He's smooth. Uh, he's he's so talented. Um, really good. I don't think he's quite at the Jalen Ramsey level, but I really, really love Stingley. Number two for me, um, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, he is slippery. He's got burst. He's got bend. Um, if he wasn't in a class with uh, my number one, he'd probably be my, he would be my number one guy. He would have been a top five pick last year um, playing like he's playing like right now. And I watched uh, George Karloftis, Iowa, then versus uh, Wisconsin this, le this week. And then I watched Aiden Hutchinson versus Washington. And then um, the last game they just played, which was uh, Northwestern. Hutchinson is better than Karloftis. He's just twitchier. Slipperier, um, so he's I got him slightly higher. Um, and if you if your team gets Hutchinson, you should be really excited, man. He he looks like a Bosa out there wearing that ninety seven. Uh, he's like the evil uh, Bosa twin playing at Michigan instead of Ohio State. Number one, I think everybody probably watched the Oregon UCLA game. Uh, Thibodeau, he Nobody should go number watch one the over. Oregon UCLA game. But that doesn't mean we don't know who Kayvon Th Thibodeau is. He was amazing. He was so good in that game. Um, I know the Lions were there at that game. The Jets were there at that game. The Texans were there at that game. Um, he's going to go number one, number one overall, unless somebody talks themselves into a quarterback. Um, so that's, that's it. So my top 10, uh, Charles cross offensive tackle, Mississippi state. Uh, we got Davis interior defensive lineman from Georgia, Elam cornerback from Florida booth, junior cornerback from Clemson, Carl Loftus edge rusher slash maybe five technique from, uh, Purdue Kyle Hamilton safety slash box linebacker slash slot player um, slash everything for Notre Dame. Uh, Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. Stingley Jr., cornerback from LSU. Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan. And Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher from Oregon. It was uh, – I, I love pass rushers. I love the defensive Good end. Class. I love guys that can get after it. I've always said the best cornerback in the world is a quarterback on his butt. Yeah. Um, it just makes everybody better. And last year, none. I mean, yeah. there there wasn't anybody anybody was willing to take a chance on. In fact, right now, probably the best defensive end was a middle linebacker uh, in Micah Parsons. Um, there were some some uh, athletes OA that you're that you're taking a chance on that didn't have the production. Mm -hmm. How can he use a top ten pick on a guy that didn't have a sack? Uh, you know, it's it's concerning. He's a yeah. freak of an athlete. I know. Um, this year. You're drafting in the top ten. It looks like you're gonna have a few to choose from, and yep. that—that's exciting. You know that—that's certainly exciting. It's like, oh, I won't get my quarterback, but the quarterbacks for last year. Now it's time to go defense. I think it's fascinating how this stuff goes in cycles like this. Um, you know, we've had wide receivers go super high. You didn't mention a receiver in the top ten. You know, maybe nope. somebody sneaks up in there, but there were some good receivers and quarterbacks last year. Now let's go defense. Now let's even this out a little bit. So uh, uh, a good top 10. I'm looking forward to watching George Koloff just play more. 
I want to watch Jordan Davis play more before I go all in on him, make sure he's got the mobility. I want to check into his background a little bit. It's like, why yeah. is he just now popping? Was it because he was 450 before yeah. he was Finch on Wildcats? Um, if you haven't seen that, that's part of your homework assignment. Go watch Wildcats um, and see uh, Eric Finch. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy will get that one. He always does. Um, but yeah, a good top 10, good grades, good day. Good yeah. show today. Thank you for being here, y'all. Yeah, guys, we got to get on out of here. We got things to do. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. And give me your guys that you're looking at right now. Right now, I'm banging the drum for edge rusher for the Broncos, given uh, Bradley Chubb's one year of left after this one, Von Miller likely moving on, and Malik Reed looking like a backup. So this looks like a year to crash in on the edge rusher. I know that'll get some eye rolls from Broncos country. It's I already have from some Bronco fans, friends of mine. Oh, you're going to go edge rusher again? You had your chance at quarterback never have too many year. edge rushers. Jeez. I know. I know. They've been spoiled uh, with Von Miller, right? Oh, it's not good enough. Well, you need good players, and uh, if you can get a great edge, that sets you up to take advantage for when you actually get that quarterback because it'll come. It might not be this year, mm -hmm. unfortunately, but uh, you got to have good players ready to go. Um, so that, like, did, did it matter that the Chargers didn't have uh, Justin Herbert yet when they took Joey Bosa or Derwin James? No, but now they're set up to take advantage of that rookie contract because they have other good players around them. Yep. So no, I'm I'm looking forward. I want to watch some of the quarterbacks and just see how big of a reach is it going to be for some of these from some of these guys. And the the you know those are always the, the sexy positions as people start talking quarterbacks. So is Malik Willis, Corral, uh, and it's it's kind of funny. I use it as almost a are you paying attention test when someone mentions yeah. Spencer's Spencer Rattler. I'm like, no, you're not paying attention. Stop talking. Yeah. Um. And I want to so get to I'm going to watch those guys. And like I said, I'll watch a lot of the guys in the SEC. Yeah. Um. That's where I like watching the most football and frankly i can't stay up late enough anymore for pac-12 uh, pac-12 really not probably not worth watching sometimes sorry because <laughs> see you buff fans um we got homer a uh, building maintenance coming in um rt is a bigger need than edge you know it's a bigger need than right tackle and edge rusher for the broncos good players so uh regardless of what position they are um you need to take the best guys available um the only position where maybe i would you're put killing me oh no killing me, me. Wildcats is one of the best sports movies ever made. Yeah, it is a very good one. Um, but guys, we got to get out of here. Uh, we love you. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Go to Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Join us there. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, and share and head on over to Scott's channel at YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, guys, we will see you again on Thursday morning. It'll be a, a lot of fun to talk some more ball. And uh, we'll we start really getting into Washington, the yep. uh, the WFT. Yep, exactly. TF. Yeah, God. Uh, they uh, Unfortunately, they don't look very good, but they played that Packers game much closer than the score indicates. And the Broncos, until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to be picking against them. Sad as, sad as it, sad as it is. Um, but, uh, hey, maybe some of you guys can get the – some of you masochists out there can like, hey, losing means moving up the draft board. Uh, I'm a zero-sum game. I, I'm not going to tell you how to fan. Um, but uh, Michael coming in, great show today on Broncos for Breakfast. Thank you very much, Michael. We'll see you on Twitter in a bit. And uh, we'll see you guys here pretty soon. Um, have a great day. Scott, what's the rest of the day looking like for you? Maybe some uh, catching I got, up. I got to work till three, then it's Chelsea. And then uh, I don't mind watching the Braves when they're underdogs. It's when they're favorites that they kill me. So I'll watch some World Series tonight too. And then it's tonight. Is uh the lights killing me there? Broncos for breakfast. See you building the Broncos. Right, building the Broncos. Building the Broncos. There we go. That's what the hat says, right? Yep. Okay. So we'll see you tonight. Building the Broncos. Uh, until then, everyone, stay safe. Have a great day, and uh, talk to you later. Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos.